Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hi guys. Hi. So you've just got me for this bonus episode um, and this is the first part of an ongoing bonus series. Okay, so we're asking questions, quite open questions, on our social media platforms and we're inviting listeners like you to contribute their thoughts and feelings to the conversation. So this is by no means an isolated episode and there will be more Knowledge is Power, which is the subtitle of this particular sub-series, this little um, bonus series. Um, and the response episodes will come up now and then. But but please, please, please keep your thoughts coming. They're hugely appreciated and they're really fascinating. Um, and these episodes, just so you know, due to their very nature, aren't really great for YouTube because it's one of us sitting in a room editing the fabulous contributions that we've had from our wonderful listeners such as yourselves and um, then doing a bit of voiceover. So not great fodder for YouTube, so you won't find them there, but we will link to the social platforms for the contributors in the show notes, and we'll tag them in posts about the bonus episodes and that sort of stuff. So um, if you if there's something you really want to say, um, then, you know, please do get in touch. On with the bonus episode, and for this bonus episode, as I mentioned just now, we ask the question, if knowledge is power, What is your most powerful piece of knowledge? Here, to kick us off, is Brigitte Wetzel from Austria. My powerful piece of knowledge is to know about the physical and mental demand for love. Humans do so many things and work very hard for a little bit of confirmation by others. Because of this, I use a lot of positive reinforcement during teaching. Positive reinforcement and love. Sounds like a wonderful way to work to me. Thanks, Brigitte. On the subject of love, it's really important to have love for yourself, especially in those difficult moments. Here's Katie Heath. Simply put, I am enough. Another contributor who felt similarly to Katie is Zoe Cunningham. I'm Zoe Cunningham and I'm a technologist and an actor. My most powerful piece of knowledge is the idea that you are enough. So it's very easy when you're doing something to come from a place of lack and thinking, I need to do that, I need to be better, Um, I would be enough if I got that job, uh, if I booked that role, I've done that my whole career. (laughs) And actually, I'm starting to learn that if we come from a place of enough already then we're all much more powerful not only is it important to know that you are enough but also learn how to celebrate the differences that make you you as helen simmons explains having thought about this for a couple of days i i really genuinely feel like um Being at the age I am now and having the experiences that I have now and having studied and trained um, uh, in in my current now profession, um, which is an accent dialect coach and a voice teacher, um, I really feel like the most powerful piece of knowledge I have is the fact that we are all unique 
um, I am unique. And that I don't mean that in a kind of, oh, I'm unique, you know, I'm better than everybody else. Um, it really is about um, your individual skill set and your individual, yeah, like I say, life experience and everything that's led up to where you are now and what you do now. Um, and I've thought about this a lot recently because before I trained um, at Royal Central School of Speech and Drama doing the, the MA in voice, um, my relationship with my voice for my whole life, for as long as I can remember, wasn't a good one. Um, and there were so many things about my voice that I hated and I thought um, made me sound stupid and made me sound thick and would um, hold me back and stop me from potentially doing anything with my voice. And so it's crazy for me now to think that I'm actually in an industry um, doing a career that is all about voice. Um, and now all of those things that I used to hate about my voice, I actually love um, and I really appreciate. And I actually see the value um, in all of those things because uh, partly people have told me um, but yeah, partly you just you just kind of notice along the way how different everybody is and everybody's voices and everybody's different experiences and skill sets. And I think um, that's something to be celebrated. So yeah, I think it's quite powerful to know that there's nobody else like you. There's nobody else like you. That's pretty powerful. Thinking about the power that we have within ourselves, our dear friend and colleague Natalia Algueta Arias from Santiago de Chile said this. Hi everybody from Santiago, Chile. This is Natalia. Um, I believe my biggest piece of knowledge until now was to understand that we do not only think with the brain and that that those feelings that I had for years in my chest were also valid. I don't know if uh, I'm making myself clear here. Sorry, my English is a little bit rusty. But it's this little feeling that there is something there that it is valid as knowledge. So when you think and when you have an intuition and when you feel something in your chest, I mean in your heart, in your solar plexus, it's something that is valid. And you can also resonate the intellectual or write or speak from that place. I think that basically is that that place holds a lot of wisdom in it and should be heard. I think that's my biggest piece of empowering knowledge. Laura Pirrett's powerful piece of knowledge links up with those feelings Natalia spoke about within a wider context of music. So this piece of knowledge comes from my undergrad, my final year in my undergrad, we were doing theories of voice studies. And um, there's this particular theorist, um, she's either Portuguese or Spanish because her theory comes from her translating from her own language into English. But she talks about pulse and beat and rhythm and she states that every organism has their own pulse and beat 
as their sustenance to life. So whether you are an animal or human or bacteria, every organism has their own pulse and rhythm, which is their foundation to life. And if pulse and rhythm is also the foundation to music, therefore music is the foundation to life itself. And I thought this was a really powerful argument that, you know, you get some people who really say that, oh, that I can't live without music. And and really, we can't live without music because pulse and rhythm is, is the foundation and structure of life itself. And so therefore, music is within our being, within our world continuously. Uh, and as Shakespeare starts Twelfth Night, and it's one of my particularly favourite phrases, if music be the food of love, play on. But what is in that music? What are we trying to communicate? Surely it's bigger and more important than just what is being said, right? That's basically what this podcast is all about. Here's Kim McInnes. For me, I would say that the piece of knowledge that's helped me the most is knowing that what the audience hears is not the same as what you hear. It's really a lesson that I learned from mixing sound, but it's ended up completely changing the way that I speak, sing, sell, and listen in general. The first time I worked in a recording studio, I was in high school or so, and I was amazed and a little overwhelmed by all the considerations that producers have to make when mixing. What elements should be in the foreground? What instruments are more supportive? What do I want the audience to focus on at any given moment? And it's always changing. So I'd spend an hour picking out like the perfect egg shaker loop. And then when I'd listen back to the song, I'd only be able to hear the egg shaker. (laughs) Or I'd be so obsessed with getting the kick drum perfectly lined up with the bass guitar that I wouldn't notice the lead guitars were slightly out of tune. It's really kind of crazy. And then when I play back the tracks for friends, they'd each point out something different because they'd each be listening to something different. Later on, when I started recording my own vocals, I realized that a lot of the things I heard in my head weren't coming through in my voice. So to fix this, first I had to tweak my internal feedback system so I knew what it felt like and what it sounded like within my body to achieve the sounds that I wanted the audience to hear. Then I had to learn how to sing while being able to tune out those distractions from my body. That way I could listen to what's going going on around me and being more responsive to my bandmates or even to the crowd. It's really a lot like juggling, having to shift focus to each detail, but also keeping the big picture in perspective. So I really do think the same principle can apply to conversations especially persuasive conversations where we might be trying to sell a product or change someone's way of thinking. When we have something important to communicate, it's easy to be so focused on the message that we're sending that we might not notice what message others are actually receiving. You know, we're not paying attention to their responses or their body language in return. So this idea of like the audience hears something different from what I hear This idea is something I try to keep even in mind when I'm choosing words in a conversation or deciding when to just shut up and listen. 
I do think that we can be more effective performers, communicators, and humans in general when we strive to step outside of our own ego and take on that audience perspective as much as possible. The audience's perspective is so important in communication. We'll be continuing to discuss it in the forthcoming episodes, but just have a think. How do we communicate what we really need to say? Whether that's in theatre or film or radio, for a business meeting or a presentation, it's not just the final destination, it's about the way you get there, right? It's just, it's not just for you, but it's for the audience as well. You you need to take them on a journey, you need to show them where to go, take their hand, guide them. And with the final thought of this special Knowledge is Power bonus episode, here's Professor Eleanor Forbes. Well, for me, the most useful piece of, of knowledge is that the journey is more important than the final destination. You can set yourself goals, but if you stay fixed to the goal, you'll miss out so on so many opportunities for learning along the way. Thank you to those featured in this episode of Can You Hear Me at the Back? Brigitte Wetzel, Katie Heath, Zoe Cunningham, Helen Simmons, Natalia Elguerta Arias, Laura Pirrett, Kim McInnes and Eleanor Forbes. Andrea and I would love to hear from anyone else who would like to contribute their most powerful piece of knowledge, whether that's specifically focused on voice, whether it's something more existential, experiential or spiritual, um, whether it's related to acting or business or communication, linguistics, language, you name it, we're really interested to hear your thoughts. It's all in the communication, right? So send us a voice note, send us something, send us a postcard with a cassette tape attached, just get something to us. You can email your thoughts and inspirations to can you hear me at the back at gmail.com or via one of our online platforms. You can find us on Twitter at can you hear pod, Instagram at can you hear me podcast, search for us on Facebook and YouTube. Please share, like, comment and rate us on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to subscribe because then you just get automatic updates and it just downloads it straight onto your phone. And you can find the names and social media details of the contributors in the show notes. We'll be back next week for another episode. So, yeah, okay. Bye. Love you, bye.